What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Matt Guest, with me out in Las Vegas, getting ready for Bourbon Street, going out to a little vacation slash bartender convention. Matt Morris, what's up, buddy, dude? How you doing? Uh, almost healthy, almost 100%, you know, only I think I'm on day 15. Yeah. Um, not COVID, though, dude. You know, whatever this was, tell you, man, you don't want it. Yeah. Um, no good. No bueno. Yeah, for sure. Stay out of the wind. I'm just kidding. Um, but um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, like we haven't even done intros on our last two episodes because we're like, all right, Matt, how much content can you get? You got 25 minutes. All right, let's fucking go. Let's get it going. Let's pull <laughs> yeah. from the back. So it's nice that uh, that we're able to to get back to a little sense of normalcy. But now that it's normal, we're into the dog days of summer. I'm officially betting on the 3M golf tournament. Thank you, oh. Tony Finau. Our boy, the American, came through today. Um, been betting, you know, first inning baseball. Uh, been betting f- some full games too, but you know, we are we're really in it. So when we were discussing like shit, what, what should we talk about? Should we shit on Mike Trout some more? Should we talk about these TikTok kids that don't know what they're talking about in our comments? Like, where where are we gonna go with this podcast today? We have landed on the rookie report. So we're going to the main focus of the of the episode today is we're going to talk about we had our draft series and all that stuff. But we actually haven't talked about all the rookies this year, where they got drafted and what kind of impact they're going to make. And we'll do a little fantasy twist on it. So I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to get back into a little bit of the NFL mindset. I feel like I was a little heated about some of the baseball discussion just based on some of the feedback we've been getting from these 13 year olds online. Yeah. And I mean, when we were talking about game planning for today, like you were talking about, I said to you, you know, when it comes to where baseball's at today, we are right after the all-star break. It's literally the dog days of summer. Like as I get older, I think I'm starting to understand that as I drive in, you know, 120 degree heat with no air conditioning. Um, (laughs) But the relation to that kind of joke there is that baseball's in the same position here. We got a lot of guys that are hurt. Devers got hurt this past week. Uh, Jordan Alvarez sat out today, kind of maintenance on that hand injury. You know, you have Jacob DeGrom having another rehab start. There isn't a whole lot for us to actually dive into. We did our midseason report, and I, I think that kind of classifies everything that's going on. And I also said to you, you know, this is for the listener too. Like, we got to wait a couple of weeks before we actually start getting into some things that really matter. Because in two or three weeks, we're going to start to have players start to perform at a level that are going to matter down the stretch and guys that probably haven't been household names before. But as it stands today, these MLB teams are literally just trying to get through the, the, the hottest part of summer. Yeah, they're just literally trying to hang on, which it's true, right? We're getting to today's the 24th, so we're recording this a little early before we produce this. But um, this is the point in the season where Harper ran away with it last year yep. in the second half of the season, right? Is Judge going to hit those 60? I know he hit another home run. So he's he was today. Or, yeah, yeah he's, he's playing really, really well. Um, are the Yankees going to stay? You know, all, all kind of the basic questions that we want to be answered, we do need to be a little patient, right? Yep. Mike Trout gets hurt again. Is he going to get shut down? Are you going to be right? Right. Like is what you said three months ago going to come to fruition, even though it sounded crazy right off the bat, you know, our teams like the Orioles, like, are they going to hang around? Are they going to still be in there? Will the White Sox ever pull their head out of their asses? Or is this just that team that they are this year? Um, There's a lot of questions. We just need to wait just a tad bit more. So there's plenty of time for football. I think we're about 40 something days away from the first game. Training camp starts in a few weeks here. So before we slide into all that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about our rookies. I'm excited. Okay, so how we're going to do this here is we're just going to go. We pulled up a list on uh, fantasy pros. Once again, we're not going to necessarily do this isn't like a fantasy podcast here that we're going to do. We'll dive into that as we get closer to fantasy season. Um, But we're just going to do it based on the list of what they have. Talk about some of these guys, where they got drafted, what their impact was and where we see them starting. So I'm going to throw a curveball here right off the bat. And I'm actually I want to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks that went first. Just a little bit, because as of right now, I don't think any of the quarterbacks are going to play right off the bat. So let's just start with the young kids here. We got Pickett, Malik Willis, um, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral. So Matt Corral, starting with the fourth guy on there, 
looks like he's going to pretty much sit out an entire season. He's going to sit behind uh, Darnold and Baker. And then I think, I think this is, was a really smart move. I don't even know if we've talked about Baker on here yet, Matt, but I think this was a really smart move by Carolina to get Baker because they can have the kids sit out. There's no pressure on Corral. Figure out the playbook. I've heard he's had a little bit of trouble, you know, kind of getting the grasp of the playbook and everything because it's so much bigger. But now they can just have Darnold and Baker duke it out. Maybe one of them will step up and be the guy that we've kind of all hoped that they would be, or inevitably they both will suck. And then Corral can come in next year, a little less pressure and probably have the keys to the franchise. Yeah. I think Carolina is the perfect example of what we've been alluding to for the last, you know, six months when it comes to the next draft class, which is, Hey, take a flyer on some of these guys. It's exactly what you just mentioned, right? Taking a flyer on Baker. Can he become what Drew Brees was, right? Not saying a Hall of Famer, but a guy that was basically thrown out to the pasture and completely reconstructed his career. I think Baker could be a poor man's Drew Brees. Similar size, athletic ability, right? But Baker's got to mature. Baker's got to find the ability within himself to become that quarterback. I don't think it happens necessarily in Carolina, but the opportunity is there. I Books out on me for Sam Darnold. I, I just don't believe it. Uh, very similar to Daniel Jones. I just, at this point, you've proven to me over and over and over who you are. At least I've seen flashes from Baker that there's a starting quarterback in there. You know what I mean? Like, can he elevate that now is the question and become more consistent. And then from Corral's perspective, absolutely. I think a third round pick, correct? That was where the, he landed in the draft. Three or four, I, I don't quite remember, but yeah. Good flyer, right? Late, like, late, yeah. And if they all suck, hopefully you give a great draft position or you move up and you go get one of these absolute studs. Either way, this is about lottery tickets in the NFL when you don't have a quarterback, and they've got a lot of them on this roster. Yeah, I, I agree. And with to the thing with Baker, you asked... Yeah, I've seen flashes. He's a pretty good starting quarterback. Like, I mean, the guy's taking a team to the playoffs, regardless of if he was the reason they got to the playoffs. He didn't lose them those games. They won a playoff game in Pittsburgh, man. Like he's he's been pretty disrespected and he's done it to himself this offseason. He does have a hot head and tends to say the wrong things all the time, which uh, if I was his PR guy or his agent, I'd be like, bro, please stop. Um, But yeah, I think it's an interesting situation. Now, Ritter um Pickett and Malik Willis I think all three of these guys find the field this year now when that happens I'm not sure I have a feeling Matt I have a feeling specifically with Ritter and Pickett that they may be opening day starters because I I know Atlanta went and got Mariota I know Pittsburgh went and got Trubisky but last year New England got Cam Newton right and what happened training camp started scrimmages started and it was like this is Mac Jones team, you know, and once Mac Jones first round pick completely different. I totally understand that, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw this come out of camp here with Ritter or with Kenny Pickett, right? We know who Mariota is. We know who Trubisky is right now in Atlanta. I think that they are probably trying to tank a little bit more than um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are. But don't be surprised. I think both of these guys have the actual potential to be day one starters. So it's interesting. While while listening to you, I was just thinking about programs. I was thinking about track records. And I think personally for me, the difference between Mac Jones and these two quarterbacks is the the college pedigree. You know, Mac went to Alabama. He had Nick Saban as his head coach, right? Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. These are all things that are interconnected, right? Not necessarily a pro level system per se, especially when you go to the the Patriots, but at least you're ready for that. I don't know that Louisville and that Pittsburgh are programs that are going to get you pro-ready. Cincinnati, but yeah. Okay, yeah, Cincinnati, my apologies. Um, Are are pro-ready systems, right? I I think it's going to take more time. Now, I think Ritter is the most mature of these two, and I think we've heard for the most part, he's the ability for him to retain and attack the playbook has been, I think it's light years ahead of where Pickett is. And honestly, I've seen a few interviews from Pickett. I've seen him on social media, not about him. At all, zero bit about him. I don't think you said you're do. not about him. Not about Pickett. He's <laughs> dude. He, he's a child. He's a little boy. Like they talk about Baker Mayfield being immature. Like listen to Pickett interviews. It reminds me when Jared Goff got drafted in L.A. and I was like, this guy's really going to lead men. He's going to lead men. That's the thing, right? Like as right. I get older, I start thinking about like if I'm in the huddle with you, like do I think you're a little bitch? Like, or do you command my attention? And I think Ritter, from what I've seen, is going to command people's attention, right? Because he's a professional. Sure, he's a young kid, but he knows the playbook. He's there to do a job. 
he is there to execute. And I think that's probably been an issue that Baker's had where it's like, hey, this is kind of fun to be the starting quarterback, right? Like, it was a great time drinking last night. You know, that was something that Johnny Manziel ran into. I just feel like Pickett may not be fully ready on the maturity scale. Um, and honestly, I've said this to you too. I like Trubisky a lot. If he can go out there and just game manage, which we've seen in Chicago, better play calling, much better running back and supporting system. Sure. Like he can go out there and win 10 games. Surprise everybody. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. Like I, I mean, coming into it, I had Ritter higher than Pickett on my list, right? Yeah, I'm, I was a little higher on Ritter just because I think I watched a good amount of Cincinnati. I was really intrigued by them two seasons ago. And then obviously this last year when they were trying to go for the perfect season to make the playoff over one of the power five teams. Um, I, I like Ritter a lot. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he's going to surprise people. I am a little nervous. I think you make a good point about Pickett. I could see Pickett. I always make these comparisons to basketball. I don't know why, but it just reminds me like I think we might have seen a Lonzo Ball type of draft out of Pittsburgh, right? You yeah. take the kid from Pitt, take the kid from Pittsburgh. There was the rumors that they wanted Willis really bad and maybe maybe um, Tomlin wanted Willis or maybe uh, I would, I'm assuming maybe Tomlin wanted Willis, but management didn't. And the ownership didn't. And they're like, no, we want to take the kid from Pitt. We like him. And then we'll see in two, three, four years, right? You know, in football quick who made it or not. And it's like, damn, we should have went with Willis. He would have been the better fit. You never know. It'll be really interesting. And, and speaking of Willis, um, that's an interesting situation, right? Will he be the Mac Jones this year? I personally don't think Willis is that good. You know, like he, he had a lot of really cool throws in his pro day. He's super athletic, but I watched him at Liberty. We watched the tape. Like he's undersized, man. His arm is a little sporadic. I I think out of everyone in this this conversation here, I think he's the most overhyped. Uh, he had a really really great combine PR stance, but in that team, that roster is just not great. In Tennessee, we'll talk about Traylon Burks here in a little bit. I I don't think he sees the field this. I hope he doesn't see the field this year. I really don't. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. I, I think you kind of, it would be fun to do an episode where we look at some of these quarterbacks that are overhyped athletically, right? I think Kellen Mund comes to mind. He's a guy that's very similar in the year before, but not nearly as much like stock rising explosion rocket formulas, right? Like he, right. he just was who he was. He was a, a freak of nature that was going to take time to develop as a quarterback and maybe never right. be a good quarterback. Um, but Willis came out because it was a weak quarterback class and those athletic abilities flashed, right? But at the end of the day, he didn't go in the first round like a lot of people expected, most of the industry expected because the NFL teams, right, they're not dumb. They saw exactly what he was, a guy that's going to take time. And Ryan Tannehill's comments about how he doesn't, you know, this doesn't need to be the leader, or doesn't need to mentor him. He's not wrong. <laughs> but also right. it could take three years before Willis sees the field, four years sure. before he sees the field, right? Like what is, what's wrong with that? Tannehill is the quarterback and this kid gets four years to learn on the job. Worked pretty damn well for Aaron Rodgers. Like the longer you give these kids, the better prepared they are. So I think, honestly, I think you nailed it when we were doing our draft prep. Ritter, to me, is the hands-down best quarterback ready to go in this class. And honestly, I really like Marcus Mariota, but he is great at getting hurt. He yeah, for get, sure. He'll be out mm -hmm. week three, week yep. four, for sure, 100%. Yep. So opportunity will be there, and I, I think, you know, build that relationship with Pitts, and all it takes is a really good relationship in the NFL to at least be a moderately decent quarterback. Yeah, and they have they have fun weapons, right? They have an interesting team. They got Pitts, they got London, who we'll get to. They've got Cordero Patterson, right? Like, got an interesting little team. They're going to be horrible, but I, I think that's a good learning experience. Unlike Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is a win now spot. There's yeah. no there's no tanking in Pittsburgh, right? Carolina, as we talked about, um, with Corral, like they're in pretty much win now mode right now too. You know, they're they're not trying to lose. At least ownership isn't, even though their roster is suspect. But we'll, uh, we'll we'll jump into the other positions here. Um, I'm just going to go down this list. So we're going to mix up wide receivers and running backs just kind of on tiers of talent here. So we'll we'll mix it up, talk about different guys, and then we'll give our, what do you want to do, Matt? Top five at the end of this, who we like, top five receivers, top five running backs coming into the season. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. 
cool. Let's do that. So first guy, I just kind of wanted to start with him is more on a somber note. It came out today. Uh, John Mechie, the third, a guy that you and I were actually really, really excited to watch in Houston. Like we were fucking stoked on him coming off the ACL, uh, finds out he has lymphoma today, right? Was that, am I, am I right on that? Was it yeah. lymphoma? Um, sucks dude and they're saying they don't know if he's gonna be able to play obviously um i was actually like super fired up to see him with davis mills and with i feel like his perfect comp in the nfl brandon cooks man um just a real bummer what do you think when you saw that today it's a huge bummer but i i also think you know it's a weird conversation to be having but did football maybe save this kid's life how many 21 22 year olds you know, are, are worried about symptoms or something doesn't feel right. And they go to the doctor, right? These guys have absolute professional medical teams around them. They are being checked out on a regular basis. And I, and I don't know the circumstances of this, but I just have to think, you know, for everyone in life, like it is really important to seek medical attention if something's going wrong, right? Like again, I, at 21 years old, something's wrong. I'm probably yeah, going to get checked out the worst two guys. 30. Yeah, you and I are the worst two guys to talk about that too. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck it. I'm fine. You know, we'll just, <laughs> Seriously, I'll though. still show up to work. Just have another cocktail. You know, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, Take geez. some ibuprofen. I'll be all yeah. right. But like yeah. this kid, football might have saved this kid's life. And um, I, there are other stories about athletes that have said the same sure. thing. But that's the first thing that came to mind. And I, I'm. I hope and hope he's gonna have. A, I hope he's gonna be okay. But I'm. I'm pretty sure he will be. You know. I'm sure they yeah. caught it in a good amount of, um, of time. And I can't wait to see him the following year. And honestly, you know, he's gonna have to build his body back up. But that was a concern we had about him was being a little bit undersized. Now he's got to come back from this. But I just. I want to see him at full strength and fully healthy. I agree. Well said. Um, next guy that they have on this list here, and I kind of forgot about him too. He kind of went under the radar. I don't really necessarily love him. Um, is Jalen Tolbert for Dallas. But what I do love is that until Gallup comes back, he's going to get that run most likely, unless he has a bad camp at the wide receiver two position, you know? And so hopefully he gets good run, makes uh good steps with Dak, improves that relationship with him. So then when he falls into that wide receiver three next to CD and Gallup, I think that's where he actually takes off because he'll lose that extra good coverage um, from the defense. He'll probably be open a lot more. Um, I didn't love him out of college though. So I'm also like not super high on him, but at the end of the day, I think he went to a good spot. I think any receiver going to Dallas, they're going to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. I've been seeing that they're rumored that Pollard's going to go in the slot a little bit, but I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Didn't love Tolbert coming out, but I think any, like I said, any receiver going to Dallas could be worse, could be a way worse spot to go to. Well, and listen, this is the biggest thing that I take away from what you just said. It's not, Jalen Tolbert. It's the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers have been absolutely, you know, murdered this offseason for not having elite wide receivers on their rosters anymore. I think they have better wide receivers than Dallas does. I know CeeDee yeah. Lamb's great. I know he's great, but I'll take those wide receiver cores from Green Bay and from Kansas City over what the Dallas Cowboys are rolling out week one. I like Gallup, right? Once Gallup is back, it's a different story. Okay, week one, yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, I, like, can, get behind, I can get yeah. behind week one, yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, yeah I'm not saying um, week 12 when Gallup is back, but I'm just saying sure. like for Tolbert to be the number two, like you're not even putting that expectation on Sky Moore or uh, Christian Watson. Like the, you know, there right. are people around them that can do those jobs. So uh, I, I'm interested, right? Anytime a, a kid's going to step into that wide receiver one or two role off the bat, there's going to be growing pains. Uh, and honestly, Dak Prescott, I think, in my opinion, top 15 quarterback, would have to get into that a little bit more. But I don't know that he's a guy that's going to really help that development as a rookie wide receiver right off the bat without elite skills. It could be interesting, though. You know, we could be talking about this kid week one going into week two of fantasy season as the pickup of the week. Definitely, 100%. definitely a, a flyer out there. I think he should be rostered at the end of drafts just in case. Yeah, in a draft like for our league, 14 yes. guys, like he's yeah. definitely worth worth a flyer, 100%. The next guy on this list is, and, and this running back list is going to, I'm really intrigued to see your five, um, is Isaiah Spiller. So the Chargers draft him, right? Um, I think you were a little higher on Spiller than I was during the draft series, if I remember correctly. I like him. He's solid. He's kind of a flash in the pan guy, right? He's a home run hitter. Not necessarily the most versatile running back, but they have Austin Eckler, you know, so they don't necessarily need him to come in and be the starter. But with Eckler, I just don't know how much run this kid's going to get unless Eckler gets hurt, which, you know, Eckler does tend to miss a a game or two every single year. But I, I just not I'm not too sure 
how Spiller is going to pan out. I think he'll be a nice backup. I He's going to need to be able to catch the ball or he's not going to see the field. That's my big concern. I know he could in college, but not at the rate that I think the Chargers are going to be asking him to do it. If he can catch, if he figures that out, I think we could. he might be number one, or sorry, not number one, number two or three for me. But uh, right now, I'm kind of up in the air about Spiller. But the well, Chargers is, have a great offense, you know? This is what I think is fun. And again, we'll get back to this down the road in years from now. But each year, we kind of, me and you have our guys when we do our, our pre-draft um, kind of breakdowns, right? Ritter, you nailed them this year. We're going to see kind of what that leads to, right? We'll track that all season. We'll track that as the next couple of years go. So that's my, Spiller's my Ritter. Um, right. I saw different things than you did, right? Like I saw the ability for him to actually play in the passing game a much higher clip than maybe some of the, the film that you were watching. And I think that's going to translate to the NFL. We'll see what happens, right? My grade is still out. Um, and I, I think ultimately he's the perfect backup for Austin Eckler. Now, again, he's a rookie, right? Is he going to be able to withstand the the toll of a full NFL season as a starter? Absolutely not. But again, you said <laughs> right. it. Eckler's it's there. You're asking him. Yeah. You know, not many people can come in and be Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris. That's they're they're different, right? They're different kind of forms. But I think Isaiah Spiller in a dynasty league, you're talking about a guy in two or three years that is your number one running back. And if you can have him as an RB two, you're winning leagues. Sure. Um, this season, though, again, kind of like last pick in the draft because you're honestly not going to use him till week 14 or 15 or yep. maybe week eight and nine if, if Eckler's out but like he's the guy that could definitely get you 20 points in a week back to back if there's an injury you know or if for whatever reason the Chargers are trying to pull back on Eckler later in the season because they've already got the division wrapped up don't know if that's going to happen but <laughs> um, I like him I like Spiller yeah, no, I do too. It's interesting that they have this guy in front of him, um, yeah. but I get it because I get it because of the fit and and the run. Yeah. Like he's gonna get more playing time as Damon Pierce. Um, we actually didn't do a ton of research on Damon Pierce. He didn't really make the cut for our episode, um, but I did look him up. You know, solid college player. He's on the Houston Texans, right? So I think that's why he's in front of Spiller on this list because he's gonna be competing with who they have over there. Rex Burkhead, I think, is their starter right now. Um, maybe I think that's right. So Mac, I mean, I think, he, I think Mac is also there. Yeah, and but Mac, you know, he, he's not the, the same guy as he yeah, was yeah. before the Achilles. So I mean, this kid has a chance to be a starter for a running back. So this is a fantasy list, makes sense. Um, that's kind of my two cents on Damon Pierce. I don't, I don't have a lot on him. <laughs> yeah, my buddy that I work with, he rocks a fantasy podcast. Dre, I wish you know, I wish I remembered what your fantasy podcast was called. I don't. I'm a dick, <laughs> shitty friend, shitty coworker. Um, huge <laughs> on Damian Pierce. I mean, well, this guy. Call the call to fame is Damian Pierce, right? Then got him in the second or third round of a dynasty draft. And the way those drafts work, you know, you draft the rookies only. Right. Um, sold me. I mean, that so much so that I was like, okay, well, well yeah, the logic is there, right? Like the playing time is there. The 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 run style of a downhill bodied running back, kind of the bowling ball. Love it. That's gonna be high volume as Davis Mills needs checkdowns and as he needs, you know, two, three yard gains because that offense is just gonna slowly work. Um, Damian Pierce could be a very, very good running back, or he could just be really, really average with a lot of volume. Either way, has to be rostered. You know, this is a guy that you slide into your flex and just by volume alone, you're comfortable with it. And by halfway through the season, again, he either just getting you 10 points by volume or he's running away with the league and getting 25 points out of that flex position. Right. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It, it makes sense. Like, you put a gun to my head, who you drafting in fantasy, it's this kid, a thousand percent. I, you know, like we'll get into it when the top five and we have a minor fantasy discussion now, but like I might take this guy over Kenneth Walker. Actually, I will take this guy over I Kenneth will. Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. I might, I will take him over Kenneth Walker. Well, and when we get to Kenneth Walker, Matt, I fucking love Kenneth Walker. You know, oh, yeah. I, oh, I'm yeah. all about him, you know? But when it comes to fantasy value and value to a team right now, he has more value than Walker does to his team. No doubt well, about it. Look if, if Walker like, beats out these two guys, though, we'll see. But I doubt. Yeah. It. I mean, we could. this could be said year after year. Like, look at A.J. Dillon, right? Like, give right. him 30 carries and see what he does, right? Um, you know, Nikeem Hines, give him an opportunity. I know he's a couple of years in now, but that's a really good uh, um, Isaiah Spiller comparison. I think Nakeem could be a starting running back in this league, similar to Aaron Jones. Problem is, like he's behind one of the best running backs in the league, right? And has been. And yeah. it has been, absolutely. I think one that we will talk about as well, you talked about uh, Ken, Kenneth Walker, but Brees Hall, you know, he's got Michael Carter in that backfield as well. Like, 
not always is it the best thing to stack these running backs in fantasy because you know you might draft Brees Hall in the second or third round, maybe fourth round, but it might end up being Damian Pierce in the 12th, 13th round that actually should have been the guy that you were looking at because of the value based on tiers of that rewarded pick. Right, 100%. Um, two wide receivers coming up here, Alec Pierce and David Bell. Now, the David Bell being above Alec Pierce is interesting to me. Um, I know Cleveland got Amari Cooper, lost uh, Odell and Landry, but I- I'm not. I'm personally not a big David Bell guy. Alec Pierce on the other end, Matt, I think he's going to be the underrated piece here because similar to what we've been talking about a little bit on this episode, we kind of value these guys that don't need to have a lot of pressure on him. Pierce is going to be the number three, maybe the number two in Indianapolis. He was Dresden Ritter's number one target, and he's a big MFer. So we've got T.Y., you've got um, Mike Pittman Jr., who's the obvious number one, another big body receiver there with Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan's going to be throwing the ball way better than Carson Wentz. I like Pierce. I like the fit in Indy. Bell, I'm just, I don't know. I didn't love Bell's tape out of college. You know, he's not a bad player. I just, I just don't see the fit in Cleveland, even with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Michael Pittman Jr., this could be the year. We could see top 10 out of him. We could see top 7 out of him. It all depends on what Matt Ryan can really do and what he has left. I agree. And Alec Pierce is only going to benefit from better performance from Pittman, you know. Um, I, I really don't have a whole lot on on Pierce. I think he could really end up being a Jordy Nelson or he could be end up being – you know, uh, Akeem Whiteside, is that his name? That's a basketball player, but you get on Ortega, Ortega Whiteside. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the Eagles, you know, a guy that's like sure. what you forget about. Him. What they happened? literally can't yeah. remember his name, you know? Like, so these guys, though, second, third, fourth round picks, like the, all those guys lump them in, right? Like, right. You're, you're either going to be popping off the charts like these young kids that are signing these $22 million a year deals, or you're going to be completely forgotten. So uh, Alec Pierce has the opportunity. I would much rather have the position where you're talking about Indianapolis. I think, again, Matt Ryan's opportunity there. David Bell, we have quarterback questions. We don't even know who day one is going to be throwing him the ball, let alone in camp. So I'll take Pierce because at least I know who the guy is. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next guy um, on the list is another running back we didn't cover in the draft series, but uh, Rashad White, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's on there because Lenny Fournette came in at 275. Now, I'm pretty sure Rojo's still there for Tampa Bay, but he's been inconsistent. I think he's probably in the doghouse. Um, But, I mean, once again, we haven't dove into fantasy deep, but it seems like Rashad White, might be the day one starter for a a top 10 offense in football. Um, I, I wish, and we'll get into our fantasy later, but really interesting to see him on there uh, this high. You know, to be honest with you, I, I'm shocked to see this guy up here. So our boy Rojo, uh, who's, by the way, he's only 24 years old. He turns 25 in August. Um, been a complete bust, right? Disappointment. He's yeah. actually with Kansas Disappointment. City now. Uh, so oh, he, shit. So yeah. he's backing up CEH. Yeah. Dude, Kansas City, and I know we're going to do the AFC West when you get mm-hmm. back from um, from New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, bro, Kansas City stacked. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody is sleeping. Their defense is a little su- <laughs> Defense is definitely a little suspect. suspect. But, all right. Sorry. Off topic. Well, no. I'm going to stay off topic here. But Madden came out with their rankings, their ratings <laughs> for their players, and they rated Tyrone Matthew like a 94. He's the highest rated safety. I was Jesus. really insulted. I by like that. Matthew, but yeah, he's not ninety four overall anymore. He's like eighty three. Who's, who's number two? Uh, Do it Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because the, the list is full of shit. You know, like yeah, you can't put that true. guy ninety four overall number one safety. Like he's good still, but he's not. He's lost his stuff. Yeah, I'd take uh, both kids in Buffalo over him for sure. Yeah, Poirier yeah, and Micah Hyde, both of yeah, them. For yeah, sure. yeah, 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 hundred percent. Okay, back to our back to our guy, Rashad White. Uh, again, my boy Dre. Huge on this kid. Talked about him. Arizona <laughs> State. Loved him. Loved him. Loved him. You um, forgot about Dre though, dude. You don't even know his pod. Don't even know the pod. We'll have to get around <laughs> to that. I'll have to have him on we'll and have embarrass him on. myself. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I sure. don't even know what the hell your podcast was called. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I think he this guy, I think White landed in the wrong opportunity though. Uh, you know, you talk about going to Tampa. This is Leonard Fournette's job. I don't care how big he came into camp. I don't care if he actually ate cheeseburger Eddie Lacey here. I don't um, disagree with you. You know what I mean? Like, well, let's see what happens in three months. 
football's a long ways away. Like if if Fournette's not in shape and ready to go day one, Brady's not going to have that. White, you're again back to week one waiver wire. White might be the guy, or he might just be a guy that you've wasted a pick on because you know the last time they drafted a running back, which was last year, completely didn't turn into anything. You know, Vaughn <laughs> Vaughn is literally wasted out there in that backfield. So yeah. Um, I do like the player have heard really good things could be opportunity. My opinion, late, late season, another guy, late season, kind of like Spiller might get a couple weeks of use out of him. Yeah. And like, like to your point with Lenny Fournette, bro, like, um, he had a great season last year and these guys are pro fucking athletes. Like, did you, have you, we're getting off topic here again, but have you heard of this kid, Patty, the baddie? Yeah. The the UFC fighter. Yeah, dude. So Patty uh, fought in March when me and the boys went out to March Madness uh, for that bachelor party. Okay. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of Patty. And one of Dylan, one of my best friends, is big and big, big UFC guy. And he's like, you need to do this. Patty the Batty. This kid is a fucking legend. And he won his fight. And then he gained. The reason I'm bringing this up is he got fat. I don't, have you ever seen his interviews, Matt? He's like, I talked in his accent. And he's all yeah, like, yeah. dude. He's like, if I could just be fat and eat cheeseburgers, like no one who's in is is in good shape is happy. And I was like, straight up facts, dude. He's like, I just get in shape because I'm a fighter. But he got super fucking fat after he <laughs> won his last fight in March. And then this past yesterday, actually, fucking put put money on him to win because the UFC, he's like, they're trying to make him the next Conor McGregor because he's really funny. He's charismatic. The crowd is going fucking crazy in London for him. <laughs> but he's just yoked, bro, like ripped, looks incredible. And like where I'm going with the Patty the Batty shout out here because he is awesome. I really like this guy. Um, is Frenette's going to show up to training camp? Fine. You yeah. said it. Tom Brady's there. He has expectations. Fournette wants to keep winning. He wants to keep getting paid. He's going to show up in shape. So, um, yeah, dude, but Patty, Patty, the batty. I wish I knew more about UFC really outside of like throwing money on it because when I call my friends and I'm like, who's winning these fights, but that kid is fucking electric, bro. He's well, really it's, funny. It's fun that you bring him up. And, you know, I think the comparison is to McGregor because of the accent, because of the foreign birth uh, is easy And because to of the love, though, dude, like the crowd was just insane for but him coming out. Kind of my point, like screw where you're from and screw how you talk. If you can be charismatic and captivating, I'm in. You know, yeah. like that's all 100%, I want, bro. And in the I watched some of the interviews. I loved him. He's talking about mental health and he's talking about his buddy and like being real, being authentic and genuine. And like that's the stuff that McGregor used to do before he became a total douchebag and sold <laughs> his whiskey for a hundred million dollars. And he's throwing right, chairs right. through buses and he's in the WWE now. You know, like little life caught up with him. He is a star now. And Patty's not yet. He's just a dude. And like that's that's what you can get around. Just a lad. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, like Roger's comment about you don't know the it's the good old days until they're gone. Like this is the good old days for Patty the Batty. Like he, maybe five years from now he's doing the same shit. But this is this might be the emergence for him, and that's really exciting. Oh, 100 percent, dude. I'll never forget the Prime McGregor. Like going mm. over to the boys' house, everyone someone's buying the fight someone's buying the beer someone's buying the food you know like it was an event because yeah he, he was special and uh yeah hopefully the kid I, i'm not a big ufc guy but i will watch when someone like that's there and it was a free fight like thank you dana jesus where are we um james shout cook. out, shout out Pat, patty uh <laughs> james cook i mean i'm gonna be real with you right now he's my number one really? not because i not because i necessarily think he's the best running back what had we been saying since the middle of last season when buffalo was playing like shit and when we get into our quarterback conversation i know some 13 year old kid's gonna piss me off online when i tell them (laughs) that josh allen is the third best quarterback in the league because he played well in the playoffs if you look at the entire body of work last year he was inconsistent he did play well. You had him as your fantasy quarterback. I know that, you know, like you were with him when he was great and when he had his downs. There was almost as many downs as ups last listen, year. Listen, 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 listen. Jalen Hurts was a great fantasy manager or quarterback. Doesn't mean he's a good, he's a good, he's a 100%. top five. You know what I mean? So I agree, I agree. with you. Like Josh like, Allen was great for fantasy, but totally inconsistent. I agree. So, but opportunity and where we're going with that is, if he had a running game, if he had yeah. a reliable option, if he had a home run threat, which is what James Cook is, that's money. And I think 
Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, the two guys above him, are not in a better situation than James Cook. No one in that running back class is in a better position than James Cook. You and I were banging at the door for them to take Brees, and they just didn't. You know, I think Damian Pierce might be in a little bit better situation. We'll have to debate that as football season comes because we don't know the usage. Um, I think because Josh Allen also runs the ball, they may be tentative to give Cook 20 carries. Yeah, but carries. fucking Damian Pierce plays for Houston. Hey, you know, listen, like, I hear you. I hear you. And maybe we'll maybe we'll make a friendly wager. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I think you're right. Draft I just, Pierce and I'll draft Cook. Uh, fuck, let's do it. Uh, dibs and dibs all day, baby. I'm yeah, down. If we like, draft next to each other. Yeah. yeah like, and then I'll end up drafting Cook and you'll end up getting Pierce and then we'll hate each other all season long and it'll fucking, fucking trade terrible flames. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I fully agree with you. It's about, it's about opportunity. And something you said actually struck a chord with me and I have a really interesting question for you. Sure. So we were we were screaming at the Bills all season to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, right? They finally do it. Like I think it was like week eight or eleven, right? I know that's a big window, but they finally did it. So my question is now that Brian uh, Dayball's in New York, oh. we have to concern ourselves with Saquon Barkley also not getting as much time or touches because Dayball just couldn't figure it out in in Buffalo. That's a really good question, actually. Um I don't know. I, I think that's it, it's going to have to be a TBD situation. I think what happened with Dayball and what's happening with these rankings and, and I like Josh Allen. I'm not trying to shit on him here. Like I'm actually I really like Josh Allen um, is that he fell in love with Josh. Similar to using yeah. us as Packer fans as an example, like when McCarthy yeah. fell in love with Rogers, you know, and it was just like yeah, let's just have Aaron throw the ball every play. But then teams just didn't respect the run. And then we finally got Eddie Lacy, right? And it's like, hey, those two years of Lacy before he kind of hit the wall and got fat, you know, but like, yeah, but like before he did, you know, and when we actually had a true running game and a true running back, like it was electric, you know? And I think that's kind of more where I saw Dayball because they used to run the ball. And then last year, Josh was just throwing 90 mile an hour rockets and he makes the craziest plays and he's a phenomenal talent. You know, Uh, I think he fell in love with it a little too much. And then when he started running Singletary, Singletary looked good, you know, and then Allen's running game looked good. And then they beat the fuck out of the Patriots because they're running the ball and throwing the ball and their offense was balanced. So. Um, I don't think we see the same issues with Saquon because they need Saquon more than they need, um, what's his name? Freaking the quarterback, Danny Jones. You mm-hmm. know, like they need Danny Jones to be well, but he cannot be the focal point. You know, yeah. they need Saquon has to be the focal point. They need prime Saquon to win. So I think it's a little different situation. Definitely a different tier quarterback. Yeah, no, I I love I love that take, and I actually agree with you. I I do think right from a logical perspective, the team operates as Saquon operates. You got to give him he is right. the offense, a focal point. Um, now this will be interesting, right? I'm I'm liking Damian Pierce clearly. Um, right. Zach Moss a few years ago on Buffalo kind of kind of had a lot of opportunity, right? Kind of had a lot of pedigree as well. Um, just hasn't done it in the NFL level, like. You know, I'm curious, is is it this is this his year, right? Because Cook's body size, his profile is not of a starting running back. I honestly would probably say he's like maybe best version of him is Aaron Jones, you know, something like that. Um, so it'll be interesting. How many carries does Singletary get? How is Zach Moss even in the equation anymore, right? And where does Cook fall in line with that? But either way, like pure athleticism, Cook's he's got it, you know, and we'll have to see what that turns into. Yeah, and he's a Georgia running back, man. And yeah. you know, they it's just because his stats were great and this and that, like I mean, he he was competing with the best backfield arguably in college football, right? And that team this past year, as we saw, was the best college football team ever. <laughs> Maybe not ever, but they're freaking really, really good, right? Mm-hmm. They're stacked up with that LSU team from a couple years ago. Now that would be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, you know, he he's gonna be great. Uh speaking of that Georgia team, the next guy on the list is George Pickens. Um, it all comes down to Trubisk, you know, or, or, um, Kenny Pickett. We both were, I'd say so, so on Pickens, right? We really liked his upside. His downside's pretty down though. I think going to Pittsburgh is the perfect place for him. I think Mike Tomlin's the perfect coach for him. That system is perfect for him. And similar to kind of the, the tune that we've been going about a lot of these guys, he's not the number one. 
right? It's going to be the Chase Claypool show this year in Pittsburgh. This guy can learn from Claypool, which once again could be good or bad. Um, and they have Fryermuth at tight end and Najee Harris. So he's definitely going to be option three or four. And I think it's a really, really great fit for Pickens. It just depends. Um, is this Trubisky's breakout year, right? I think you're kind of leaning towards that happening. It's year four for him. He had a change of scenery, got to sit behind Allen, be at a real organization. He's going into another phenomenal one. Um, he's playing for a contract, so we'll see. I, I actually really like Pickens in the spot. Do you remember the uh, wide receiver that the Steelers had, Bryant? Do you remember his first name? Speedster, deep ball threat, continued to get suspended. Um, oh yeah martavius martavius i see a lot of martavius and george pickens and i know that you know you don't like comps all that time all that much but if he can stay out of trouble unlike bryant was able to right talking about a guy that can absolutely dominate in this offense great athleticism and again back to the georgia you know georgia just collected these freak athletes uh not really from a fantasy perspective this season banking on george pickens doing anything for any of my teams though i'll just be completely honest you know like i think he'll have kind of like mvs has over the last couple of years one or two really popping games where everyone picks him up and then does nothing the next three or four games only to be dropped and then have another good game but again depends on the quarterback play all right so here's a big one here man john dotson i mean the, the shocker of the draft first of all that he got picked where he got picked and then you really start critically thinking about it. If he played anywhere besides Washington, I'm this guy's number one on my list. If, yeah. if he's playing anywhere besides Washington, because he's the clear number two to a dominant number one who's going to get double teamed, but he has Carson Wentz and he plays for that scumbag Dan Snyder. Um, with that being said, I still love Dotson. Uh, who is the who is their guy that they drafted last year that we really like too that they still have at wide receiver? Oh, right? from his, North his Carolina. Uh, yeah, his name's slipping my Deami Brown. Deami um, Brown, there you go. They have Deami Brown, Dotson. They've got Logan Thomas. This offense is fucking stacked, but they have Carson Wentz. So I love Dotson here. I, I think he's gonna have a solid, solid rookie season. I just it sucks that. They, I don't know how. If I'm, if I'm Washington, how do you not go get Jimmy G? Like fuck Carson Wentz, dude. I don't okay, get so it. He, hear me out. Um, I love Dotson. I love his profile. I actually think in Washington, we might be extremely surprised from his production. And I'll tell you why. If you date back to Carson's time in Philadelphia, he was really, really big on targeting targeting the tight end. Right, he liked the middle of the field. I think that's exactly where Dotson's going to lie. And I think there's some question marks there with the tight end position, right? I forget his yeah. name. Thomas, Thomas is just hurt. All, like, he's really uh, yeah. good. He's just hurt all the time. I yeah. think he's coming back from a torn ACL as well, if I remember correctly. I think, um, yeah, I think he did too. injury. He got so, hurt again last year, yeah. I think the, what was best for Carson Wentz was to draft Dotson. You need a guy that is a sure-handed, target-on-target playmaker right that's what Dotson is he's not going to run down he's not going to give you the streak for 45 yards and burn everybody it's not his role his job is to catch balls I could see him with 80 receptions on the season that's crazy that's, <laughs> that's a crazy a that's a crazy number but yeah. I could see it honestly in that offense because if Carson Wentz is going to do anything this season Dotson has to be the guy you I don't disagree with you so him I'm and McLaren put, right like they have to be I'm going to put him right off the bat my number one wide receiver is wow Dotson. Like yeah, that, it, huh? It's, it's there's just opportunity. It just makes sense. Oh man, well, wow. well, I mean, we're getting into the cream of the crop here, so we'll see how that holds up. Um, next guy is our guy in Green Bay. Uh, our my hour. I'll, I'm going to throw you in there with me. Lee's favorite draft prospect at the wide receiver position. <laughs> uh, Packers take him. The upside is probably the best upside in the entire class. You know, I, I, I'll give him that. He probably is the best upside in the entire class. Um, this is the oldest, had the most drops, looked the most uncoordinated, played at the worst school. I'm trying to, I'm going to try and be positive about this kid. I think the one positive for Christian Watson in green Bay, and you talked about it a little earlier. I don't remember what receiver we were talking about is that he doesn't have the pressure to be the number one for as much as Packer fans might not like to see, hear it. Um, Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins are the number ones. You know, you can decide whoever you want to be the number one. Aaron will show you at some point in time throughout the season who it is, but it's going to be Watson. 
um, or Sammy Watkins, excuse me, and Alan Lazard. Those are going to be the guys, and then Watson will fill in third. That is how it is. I've watched so many Packer games in my life to promise you a rookie is not going to be the number one coming out of camp. Um, the Packers aren't a great fit for receiver this year. Fantasy-wise, value-wise, they're going to probably run the ball a lot more. Randall Cobb, Bobby Tanyan, Alan Lazard. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm nervously excited because I know he's going to drop a lot of balls. Watson's pretty down in my rankings, even though he plays for my team. Yeah, it doesn't even crack my top five, honestly. No, um, definitely it's not. not. Even a, not even a question, but no. I agree with you. I'm staying away from all Green Bay. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Rodgers. Not the defense. I'll take them all day. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. um, but honestly, you talked about Green Bay and like I think even Randall Cobb and maybe O'Dobbs is maybe in there too, like three, four. I yeah. think Watson could be five. And that's he's a great athlete. Sure, and drop some balls. If, if nobody remembers Devontae Adams season one and two, go back and check it out. There were fans calling for him to be dropped, dropped, released. So, you know, we talk about Deami Brown with Washington. Like some of these guys that don't have, you know, name recollection can just absolutely pop and become the guys that we saw in college. CFL is hard. So Watson, year one, nodding on him. Give it a couple of years, you know, but I definitely like that Deami Brown comment because. I think next year might be the year where where Diami becomes an actual star in this league. Um, but there are guys like that and sprinkle it around. And it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, next guy, and then we're going to kind of run through the receivers. There's only a couple of running backs left. Uh, Sky Moore, you and I both love him. Fits fantastic. They just plugged in their, I mean, he's not going to be Tyreek Hill, but they plugged in their Tyreek Hill, their slot speedster. They've got MVS. They've got Kelsey. They've got Juju Smith. They're fucking loaded, dude. And this kid now, fantasy wise, I, I think he'd be a flyer. You know, I think he's what, Matt, what would you give him their fifth option on offense? I put him after Clyde Ed- Edwards Hilaire as an option. On I could offense. see him having a poor you man's know? Amon Ross uh, St. Brown. Season. Ending to the season, yeah, like that. not. I mean, he won leagues. You take the scale of poor man's. You know what I mean? Like six, seven receptions yeah. here and there. Like, but, but come week twelve to yeah. eighteen or whatever. Like, yes. oh, he's catching six, seven balls a game. Yeah, yeah. okay, I, I can see that. Um, I love the pick. I think Sky Moore was a great pick for Kansas City. Uh, once again, we'll get to the AFC West. I don't know if you can tell. I'm still very high on Kansas City. Let's not get fucking crazy over here. Um, the next guy, this is the guy I'm the highest on on the whole list here just because I think fit. And I know Sean Payton's gone, but I just have a feeling he's going to ball out is Chris Olave for New Orleans. Being the number two, as long as Mike Thomas is back, is is where my assumption comes in with being really high on him. If Mike Thomas is there as the number one, Olave in there is the true number two. Um, I think that offense is going to look really, really good because they have Kamara as well, obviously. And I, I, I liked Olave. Olave and Wilson are both real, real solid out of Ohio State. So I love Olave. I love the fit. Yeah, Olave is my number two. Um, I do have some concerns about health. Uh, sure. I have a little bit of concerns about what does he actually look like in a translation to the NFL game. I don't disagree with you. I think if he can translate, he is by far the number one. I just think Dotson with that ability to be a pass catcher um, and a possession wide receiver is something I like a little bit more because I have a little bit more safety and foundation with that. But I think Alave has the best boom upside. You talk about a guy that you take later in the draft to be you know, your flex from week four on, it could be Alave. Or sure, that guy yeah. that you you slide into wide receiver two because he's just the guy, and now you can trade your wide receiver two. Like that's a lave. Um, I, I really do think we have to see him on the field. How does body size line up? How does he look in pads? Like the little things are going to matter. But you're right when it comes to actually opportunity, it's in a pretty good damn slot. Well, and I think the biggest little thing that matters too is the Sean Payton impact. Like, is that Sean Payton offense still going to be there? Are they still going to mm, be efficient yeah. or are they going to take a big, big drop down and we get back to 30 touchdown, 30 interception Jameis, right? It's that's going to be big, but their defense is they have a stout defense in New Orleans. So uh, they're going to be a good team this year, definitely. So I, I, I like Olave, definitely. Um, this guy would have been my number one if he didn't tear his ACL. In the national championship game, been saying that since January, whenever the natty was, uh, Jamison Williams, he was by far my favorite receiver coming out of the draft till he got hurt. That's the biggest red flag, right? Um, 
take a flyer on him if you want in drafting. Unfortunately, I'm not going to include him in my top five for the list just because of value. I don't know when he's going to come back and say the Lions don't have the season someone like you thinks they're going to have and they have one win in nine, ten games. Like Maybe it is in their best interest to just, hey, let's take it easy. Let's sit out this entire season. Let's come back swinging. Let's get CJ Strad. Let's get let's get Bryce Young. You know, one of these guys, and uh, we'll see you next year, right? Um, but I still love Jamison Williams, man. He's fucking gonna be really, really good when he's healthy. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I agree with everything you said. You know, Tyree Kill year one wasn't Tyree Kill, right? He sure. sure he had great athletic ability, but he wasn't out there putting up twelve hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns. Um, so you know, Williams will take time, and I, I think ultimately the ACL recovery is important, and also. Jared Goff hasn't known for hitting those guys in their rookie year. Like, let's be honest. So a lot of question marks. I could see one really nice game, you know, like one showcase game where he's fully healthy. You know, he goes to Campbell and says, I want the ball today, you know, week 15, 16. Let's show show the fans what they're going to get in my second year. Goes for like eight, nine catches and 150 yards and like three touchdowns. I could see it now. Am I gambling? No. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. (laughs) yeah um the next guy on the list we kind of talked about him um earlier on was kenneth walker the third by second favorite running back coming out of the draft most interesting draft spot i've ever seen i can't believe they have him this high they have him uh fantasy pros has him ranked the fifth best rookie to draft in fantasy which is i don't know what they i don't know what they know that i don't know um i'll tell you right now matt if he comes out and beats out carson and it's not even Penny. If he comes and beats out Carson, because Carson's better than Penny. I've been seeing bullshit online that Penny's better. He's not. Um, if he comes and beats out Carson and wins this job before we draft, I'll fucking take him. A hundred percent. Because that means he's just ready. You know what I mean? They all. I think all three of these guys are going to get 20 carries a game. He'll maybe get 12. If Agreed. he's the third option. Agreed, and like this is we say this about uh, Buffalo a lot. Like they didn't take Brees Hall like we wanted them to. They didn't take Walker, right? Like, could you imagine Walker on Buff? You're talking about probably pick thirteen or fourteen in the fantasy draft, right? Like, just grab him because you're talking about an electric superstar, and he's mixed in with Carson, and he's mixed in with Penny, and he's got no quarterback as it currently stands, like. And a bad defense with a bad offensive line. Like, he's going to need to be every bit of athletic, gifted from God that we saw at Michigan. So, um, I'm curious. I, I just don't like it. I don't like everything around him. I love the player. And I think it's, I think we're, we'll see a superstar at some point in his career. I agree. Um, next, Garrett Wilson. Now, him and Olave have my mind twisting hard here because. First things first, I'm like, "Ah, Garrett Wilson, I don't know. Like, I don't know where to rank him. I don't know what to think. And then I started taking a deeper dive. I love it. I I think the only issue and the only question mark is that man, Zach Wilson, mama's boy, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, Who is he going to be, right? Is he going to be a guy that you you and I don't think he's going to be? Like, you and I are still probably not the highest on Zach Wilson did definitely didn't love him last year. As far as coming into the draft, he looked okay at the end of the season. Um, if Wilson can be a competent quarterback, if he can be top 15, if he can be 15 this year, you got Elijah Moore. They picked up Uzama from the Bengals. Um, they've got Barrios who's pretty good. And then they've got Wilson plus Mike Carter, plus Brees Hall, who we'll get to. I think that that's, bodes very well for Garrett Wilson, right? Once again, not a ton of pressure. You don't have to go out there and be the number one guy right off the bat. I think he could have a really, really solid season. I have him pretty high ranked up and I'll I'll get to my final rankings because we have a couple more good guys here. Yeah, well, and I, I think we saw a great emergence from Elijah Moore last year at the end of the year before the injury. Definitely. Um, and this is a better version of that kind of wide receiver, quick, athletic, the ability to run their routes pretty crisp, you know, the ability to create separation and ultimately a little bit bigger than more. Now, the question is, again, can Wilson deliver the ball? Well, did a pretty good job of that to more. I'm going to I'm yeah. going to say the same thing with Wilson end of the season. He's a guy we are going to try to replicate Amin Ra all 
year, right? That's the goal. Who is going to be the Amon Ra that you have on your roster, on your bench, that you sat on for nine, ten weeks and pops at the end of the season and is getting those six, seven receptions? Now, I'm going to bet on Alave in my number two slot because of Jameis. Jameis is just a veteran quarterback. I agree. I, I think Wilson could be okay in this league. I think he could be good. I think he could eventually be great. But year two, I'm just not taking him over Jameis Will, uh, Winston. So I got to take Alave. I am. I like the logic. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, next guy with another quarterback question is our guy, our number one out of the draft, the guy we loved, the guy that we prayed to the Lord that the Green Bay Packers would somehow fall into. He was on their mock drafts. He wasn't. He got drafted early before us. Traylon Burks uh, early in camp saw that he was struggling conditioning wise, looked up some more articles because I needed to see the boys dialed in. Um, we love Traylon Burks on this podcast. Probably too much. It's probably going to burn us one of these days. But um, <laughs> the big Traylon Burks guys here is I once again, we'll get to the rankings here now that we're getting to the nitty gritty of it. The obvious thing is he has Tannehill, right? But on the flip side, who else they got? Yeah. Nobody. It's it's him and Derrick Henry, man. So I, I'm high on him. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to be in the 50 to 75 catches. Cause that's what AJ Brown was in that range when he was healthy. Um, now do I think he's as good as AJ Brown? I don't think so. TBD. We'll see. I don't think he's that far off of AJ Brown. I really don't. I think he's that electric. I think he's a number one in the league. I will stand on that. His biggest thing is Tannehill. Yeah, man. Um, you got me, you got me shook here because I want to put a lave two really badly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it there. I, I think Burks will be my three, and I'm only saying that again because of the quarterback situation, and also because this should be a run centric offense. Let's not get around ourselves. It doesn't matter sure. if, if Burks is the only guy there. Like if I'm using my logic here, like this should be a 40, 45 times a game they're running the ball, right? Because after Henry two, they've now found some competent backs to be able to actually back him up. Like we Correct. have a full built running game. Um, and Burks should hopefully see no more than 10, absolutely the most 12 targets a game. That should lead to like six to eight catches, right? That kind of puts yeah. you in line. Um, but I, I, do, I agree with you, man. We loved him. I loved, loved, loved him. And I was really disappointed. I think I've soured a little bit because the Packers didn't draft him. If the Packers drafted well, him, Well, and oh he God. went to Tennessee. That's the problem, right? Like, yeah. you look at some of these teams here, man. Like, fuck, if he goes to, you know, New Orleans, Kansas City, the Jets, Atlanta. I like Wilson more than I like Tannehill, and that's embarrassing. I like Zach Wilson more than I like Ryan Tannehill as a pro quarterback. Yeah, That's I mean, Tannehill's, Tannehill's last start in the playoffs was yeah. abysmal. He lost in that game. Yeah, dude. Big time. Yeah, um, yeah rough, rough. Okay, last two guys. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> All right, last two guys. Drake London, Atlanta. Highest drafted receiver in the draft. A little interesting there. Um, I'll, let you, I'll just say this off the bat. He's not going to be my number one. Now, I don't even know how much opportunity he's going to get. I think this is a really interesting fit for London. I think he could have a massive breakout year or be considered a bust just because his body type and his play type isn't number one wide receiver, in my opinion, from what I saw, right? Like, he's not the best at creating separation. He's not the best at um, in space, in the middle of the field catching. He's kind of your goal line you know, big, big wide receiver. And it's an interesting fit for me, Matt. I, I'm really curious to see what happens with Drake London. Now, they don't really have anything else outside of Kyle Pitts, so I'm sure he'll get the volume as long as he stays healthy. But I just don't love the quarterback situation over there. And I don't know. I just don't I just don't see London having this massive breakout season for some reason. I don't know why. I just didn't see him going to Atlanta either. Yeah, so there was a Chargers wide receiver as I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling trying to find that I really want. Vincent Jackson? You got it. Bang. There it is. Yeah. Um, London's not as fast. Jackson was fast. I would say Vinny Jackson was a fucking freak, dude. Big, strong motherfucker. Like, I think London could be the slower version of that. I think London could emerge very similar to what Pitts did last year. Pitts got off to a slow start, right? Definitely. Kind of figured out the league, and honestly, Pitts might be faster than London. Oh, but for sure. I do think as a possession wide receiver, a guy that's going to be a poor man's Pittman Jr., bigger, stronger, um, could have value in fantasy by the volume. Same college. Right? 
um, yeah, very interesting. Good point. Very same role as well at that college, yeah. if I am correct. Um, I think he could have by the volume. So kind of dating back to some of the other guys we talked about at the end of the year, if you need a guy flyer, right? 13, 14, 15, you've got a, you, you've got a bench spot and maybe London is the guy that's out there. Maybe Kenneth Walker is gone, right? Maybe Damian Pierce is gone. Um, maybe cook is gone. Like, stash him because the opportunity if Ritter does step into that role or you know just in general after week 10 these rookies are starting to understand the playbook they're being introduced to more and more routes um, and they're being opened up a little bit more I think London for fantasy could be valuable this season not saying that I would draft him high at all I would honestly probably prefer to waiver wire him mid-season but I believe in him a little bit more than some of the other guys yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. He's a big question. I could see him. He's in my top I could five. See, I, I could see him having a just the same. I could see him having a Justin Jefferson type of season, you know, like just a crazy, ridiculous stats or just kind of being like, oh, did you remember Drake London plays for Atlanta? You know, like I think see, it's I think it's one or the other. I think it's really boomer busty for him this year. JJ, though, like his his incredible season was because he was so explosive and you know, he had so many yards. He also had help too. They had, they have cousins. Cousins is solid, you know, solid. And, uh, they have Thielen, you know, so he was able to break out. I dude, I think this, you could see London with 80 catches. I said that about Dotson. 80 is a lot for rookie. It's a fuck ton of catches. But when you're a possession wide receiver with nobody else outside of pits, right. And you know, we've got, um, even a Cordell deep, Patterson, but he's yeah. not like, yeah. I mean, so Zacchaeus, again, I think, is their other mm-hmm. guy, literally. I said it about Alave. I'll say it with London. I want to see him out there with everyone else. Well, how, how does that quick, quickness that we did not see translate, right? Is he slow? Is he slow? Like, oh, God, he's tight end at the wide receiver position. <laughs> right. Or is he out there, you know, quick enough and agile enough to like make some some turns and be able to execute routes where it's like, oh no, he is. He's not only fighting for the ball, he's positioned his body right. And like, good luck stopping that. Now, there's a sure. lot of things that I want to see in camp and in preseason and week one. Yeah, no, I agree. And then the last guy, our guy, uh, interest couldn't believe he got drafted to this team, but Brees Hall, fucking stacked, bro. The Jets are, it's all on Wilson, man. We love Brees Hall. Now I'm a little upset that he plays Hall and Walker two spots. I wasn't too thrilled that they went to, you know, because they're not, I don't think their abilities are going to be fully showcased. But with that being said, I think he's still going to be making a massive impact. Him and Mike Carter in that backfield are going to be so dynamic. And I think that's going to be the focal point of the New York jets this year. And I think them drafting him was them doing that. They're like, Hey Zach, we're going to do everything to take the pressure off of you put it onto these two young backs. Carter looked incredible last year before he got hurt. Hall is going to be just as good. So just in case Carter gets hurt or just to ease the load off Carter's back, you have two legitimate starting running backs in the backfield right now. Um, I love Hall. I still think he has great fantasy value this year too. So I'm going to throw this at you because we talked about it a little bit earlier and this is going to, you know, kind of piss some people off probably, but I think this New York Jets team is going to mimic what the Indianapolis Colts have done with their backfield, Jonathan Taylor, Nakeem Hines, you now have Hall and you have Carter. Very similar running styles for the number ones, very similar play styles for the number twos. Now, if you can get even a fraction of Jonathan Taylor out of Brees Hall, you're talking about complete stress offloaded from Zach Wilson. Yeah, uh, I think year one, you see more of a tandem ability. I think year two, we actually start to see the kind of manifestation of what that Indianapolis backfield looks like because I do think Brees Hall has similar talent to Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, agree. I saw a lot of Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin being a Badger fan. Watched enough film on Brees Hall. I don't think that explosion and that 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 speed is there, but I think a lot of the other factors that, that game is there. I think Michael Carter also has a very Nikeem Hines ability behind the, the backfield, but also has proven at North Carolina to be able to tote the rock. Um, Brees Hall this year, man, phew, stay away from him in drafts. Um, I, I hate saying that, but I just think that team is going to be you very don't know what his role spread is. out. You know, like I just can't imagine 25 touches. Um, no. But again, we said about Walker, superstar. This is a superstar. Superstar. I mean, I had him penciled in number two behind um... – Najee Harris last year mm. and it wasn't a debate for me to be yeah. honest with you like yeah. it was him and Najee last year right and we saw Najee went to the right spot good fit worked out for him right yeah. so um love Brees Hall Jets are going to be really really interesting this year 
Yeah. And well, and it's interesting too. They're coming from San Francisco. Look at how San Francisco ran their offense, right? There was no really, you're the guy, you're the guy. It was, Look at Elijah it was Mitchell Jeff last Will- year, yeah. right? Yep. Jeff Wilson, right? Like guys all over the place. So does Sala and does LaFleur like follow that trend and really utilize? Yeah. Um, because also there's a, there's a third running back on that depth chart, right? Like they, that's the opportunity too. I don't think it's Tevin Coleman anymore. I haven't done enough research, but like, will that yeah, cut into the other two guys, you know, like yeah. it might be Coleman and if, again, I'm not educated enough to make those statements, but, um, things I'm going to be having to look into as fantasy season starts to creep up on us. Yeah. hundred percent, bro. All right. So our top five list here, we kind of debated off camera, like, okay, shit, what should we do? We're just going to do it. I think just the most relevant way will just be based on fantasy value. So we're just going to do who we like top five for fantasy this year, not who we like the most. We'll refer you back to our draft spectacular for that. Okay, I'll start first. My top five rookie wide receivers. I've got number one, Chris Olave. Number two, Traylon Burks. Number three, Drake London. Four, Garrett Wilson. And five, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, man, I'm going Jahan Dotson, number one. Real risky here. Chris <laughs> Olave, number two. Uh, I'm going Drake London, number three. I'm going to go Traylon Burks, number four. That's our boy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going Wilson, number five in New York. Yeah. For the rookie running backs, once again, fantasy value here. Not who I like the most. Um, I'm going to go number one. I'm going to go Cook for Buffalo. Two, I'm going to go with you. You've sold me. I'm going to take Pierce, number two for fantasy this year. But I still have got Brees Hall, three. Uh, Kenneth Walker, number four. And then I'll do Spiller, number five. Yeah, man. I mean, I can't talk up Pierce um, and not take him as number one yeah. down there in Houston. Uh, Brees Hall, number two. I like Cook a lot. He comes in at number three for me. But Brees Hall at number two, I think, does just have that eye-popping superstar about him. Kenneth Walker, number four in Seattle. You talked about if he can win that job. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then number five, Spiller. You know, like this list, man, Walker is so great. Hall is so great. But you're right. Cook and Pierce, Fantasy they've got value. the opportunity. Yeah, we'll see. All right, everyone. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Matt, have a safe flight to New Orleans. Enjoy yourself. Have a couple of beignets, maybe some um, jambalaya, you know, a couple cocktails. Be safe. And we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Thank you very much.